For the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the broadcast. Jim Paris here with you live on Sunday nights as usual. And uh, tonight's going to be an interesting one. Not a lot going on in the news, but I have carefully picked out some items from the news that uh, are of interest to me. So I'll keep it very interesting for you during our news segment. Uh, what Richard Branson was in space for one minute. <laughs> That's about it for the week, right? All right. We've got a lot though to get into in our new segment. And then in our guest segment, we've got uh, Chicago attorney, Jeremy Ramsey is with us. We're going to talk about some of the uh, current legal cases, uh, the Bill Cosby case, which I find very interesting. Uh, Britney Spears, uh, you know, still can't have access to her own money. Uh, basically she is a ward of, of her, of her father. She's like a child under the law. And this is fascinating to me how this happened and how it continues to be the case. And a lot of celebrities are starting to, uh, you know, post things online, free Britney Spears. Uh, it's, it's just interesting to find out how this could happen to an adult person that they could actually lose control of their entire life for all of these years. We'll talk about that gun rights. And then also the mommy doomsday case, which is incredibly fascinating. I'll, I'll tell you, it's got everything. I mean, it's got uh, a cult type of religious twist to it. It's got uh, tragic murder. It's got infidelity. Uh, I mean, it's it's an incredible story. And uh, we're going to talk about that as well. Next week, L.A. Marzulli is here in the guest segment. We rebooked him, if you remember, a couple of weeks ago. He was with us, but we couldn't, something happened with his phone line. Uh, we couldn't hear him. He couldn't hear us, whatever it was. Uh, we're working that out and we'll be uh, back with him this next Sunday night. Now I've got to share with you this odd thing that I noticed, and I got a lot of reaction about this on my social media feeds today. So over the last couple of days, my wife is, is out of town. She's up in the Northeast visiting my daughter. Uh, in fact, my two daughters are up there. My daughter that lives there, my daughter that lives here in Florida is up there visiting. Also, my wife is visiting. So the three of them are doing all kinds of fun things. So I'm sort of, you know, uh, batching it right now, uh, which means I'm not eating very well, <laughs> not taking good care of myself right now. Uh, and, um, you know, just spend a lot of time, you know, just eating out, going to different places, kind of trying to keep myself busy. And I've been noticing that this is odd. This will not make any sense to you, but it, it, and it really doesn't make any sense to me, but I have seen more help wanted signs than I think I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, literally every store, every restaurant, every business of every kind, 
there are help wanted signs up. Some of these signs are really dramatic. They're 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 large billboards that the restaurants have put in their parking lots, and uh, it's just crazy the demand for for workers. Now take that and and now uh, contrast that with the fact that I am also seeing more people holding up signs wanting money. Uh, you know, at the stoplights uh, throughout uh, both Palm Coast here, as well as up in St. Augustine, where I spend a lot of time. So how do you make sense of this? You've got this sort of incredible surge of help wanted signs and also this incredible surge of people that need money. Uh, you know, can we kind of connect the two things here and nature kind of solves its own problem, but but not the case. And so I've been thinking about this all day. And a lot of people weighing in on this on my social media. You know, what is this phenomenon where you've got all of these jobs and now you've got all these people looking for money? And so I couldn't make sense of it until about an hour before we went live. It finally hit me why this is happening uh, here in Florida. Our gov our governor took away the uh, federal uh, money that 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 was coming on top of the normal unemployment money. So my theory is this. I think there was some percentage of the population that was on unemployment that, uh, you know, maybe they maybe they didn't even have a job before COVID hit and they went and got unemployment. I'm not sure if that's possible or not, but it also could be a lot of these people are not just deadbeats, but maybe a lot of them don't want to go back to work. Uh, you know, maybe they had a job and now they've had like a year off from from working and they don't want to go back. Or maybe it's that they never had a job and they got in on all of that COVID relief money. And we're hearing so many stories about, I mean, you, you read the stories about people buying Lamborghinis and having millions of dollars from the government from COVID. Those people are going to jail, no doubt. Uh, but what about the smaller scammers? You know, the people who uh, you know, maybe maybe just got, you know, a couple thousand dollars a month or three thousand dollars a month and were able to like not pay rent, not pay their mortgage and sort of just like we're living, you know, we're living just a, a life of, of freedom for the last year. And now the party's over and now it's time to go back to work. I don't know. Maybe that's harsh and cruel of me to say that. I just don't know. But what I'm seeing is all, I mean, it makes no sense. I'm walking through downtown historic St. Augustine and I'm seeing literally every single shop, every single restaurant has help wanted in the window, even to the point that a restaurant that I eat at over the bridge here, uh, over in Flagler beach, they have a sign now on every table and it's, it's really, it, it's, it's, it's really interesting because I sit down to eat my breakfast. Uh, you know, I'm looking at the menu and then there's this sign on the table and it says, please forgive us. Uh, it might take us a lot longer to bring you your food than, than normal, but we can't get workers. We can't get employees to work here. And so we're super short staffed. So please be patient with us. Wow. So you see that you see all of these help wanted signs but then you see all of these people with the, the cardboard signs. And, you know, the latest one that I'm seeing from a lot of them is uh, it says something like this. It says anything helps. God bless. And, and you're seeing more and more of that. Um, you know, there's all kinds of variations on these signs. But especially in St. Augustine, there's a lot of homeless. And they're not just 
I, they're not one uh, demographic. There's uh, a lot of younger people that are that are up there homeless that are looking for money. Um, a lot of people standing on street corners with these cardboard signs. A lot of people in the parking lot. So you go into like a Home Depot or you go into the grocery store and they're standing there with a the cardboard sign uh, wanting money. So, you know, maybe there is an explanation for this, but it really makes no sense to me when there's all these jobs. And then there are people that, you know, obviously there are some people that are handicapped. They cannot work. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about healthy people who are just standing there with a sign and, and, and <laughs> you want to like, say, look, come walk with me and we'll get you a job over here. I don't know. I mean, maybe there's something more complex to the dynamics of all of this, but I mean, I'm sure it has something to do with the fact that the eviction moratorium for rent and mortgages is ending soon. The federal, uh, you know, second, uh, payment, on unemployment, that that uh, double dip unemployment benefit, it has been taken away here in Florida, and uh, I think you've got you've now got to prove you're eligible to get the basic unemployment, whereas before you were just getting it, without having to prove that you were out trying to get a job, and uh, now it's going to be really hard to get it right because you're going to have to prove that you were out trying to get a job, you couldn't get one, and so you want to stay in unemployment. Uh, so I don't know, it's just really interesting to watch what is happening. Uh, in the economy. Uh, this Hunter Biden so-called art scheme, uh, I find very interesting. Uh, first of all, I, I wonder, when are we going to see any justice for Hunter Biden? I mean, just a few months ago, it was everything from uh, lobbying uh, foreign governments without being properly registered to money laundering to all kinds of insidious uh, pornography on his laptop. Some of it could have been illegal and on and on and on. And all of these, you know, money moving around and, and tax issues and tax liens and all of this stuff and nothing. Uh, you know, this is what infuriates people. And this is when we lose our justice system. When you have, uh, you know, the Trump organization being criminally charged and then you have Hunter Biden, you know, I, I don't know, maybe I missed the story when he was indicted or the date for his upcoming trial. It just nothing. And now he has this art thing going where, uh, I mean, what, what a great way to uh, bring money in if you're the son of a president. And it's not like he has a history of getting payoffs because his dad is in political office or wait a minute. <laughs> Maybe I should correct myself there. But the idea is that, uh, you know, he, he's not some well-known artist. This is kind of a new thing uh, from everything I've read and understand about it, it. It's sort of like after after his personal life crashed and he had all of these things going on, he started doing uh, painting for sort of like therapy. And some people do that. And, and I guess it's good for therapy. I, I don't know. I paint so poorly. I don't think it would help me therapeutically. I would just become more upset. Uh, but in any case, he can, you know, do a little watercolor, whatever he does, and then turn around and sell it for a lot of money. And is that person really buying artwork or are they buying access? I mean, let's not jump to any conclusions about buying access. I mean, there's, we're just talking about Hunter Biden, right? Uh, so anyway, that's going on. And then I find this story very interesting. Uh, 
Is Cuba about to have a revolution? Wow, wouldn't that be something? My entire life, one place I have always wanted to visit, and everyone I've told this to has said, why are you crazy? Why would you want to go there? I would love to go to Cuba. I would love to go there. I'm a huge fan of uh, Afro jazz uh, Cuban music. Uh, I, I love uh, the Cuban jazz style of music. Um, I love the, the history of Cuba, of course, a Spanish uh, colony uh, originally. Uh, I would love to go there and, and see what apparently is like going back in time. The, the cars they drive are from the 1950s and the 1960s because there's a, a ban on them getting new vehicles from us. Um, it's, it's just an interesting place. And, and, and from what I've seen, the pictures, the videos, I'd love to see it. And I love the Cuban people. I absolutely love the Cuban people and they're fed up and they're, they're rioting and protesting. They want freedom. And maybe this is going to be the time for Cuba to have freedom. Wouldn't that be incredible? I mean, after all, Cuba is just, I mean, it's literally like, uh, a flight from Miami that you, you could be in Cuba on a flight from Miami in about 30 minutes. Uh, I mean, it's that it's that close. It's like 90 miles from from Florida. It is it is right there. And how cool would that be? Can you imagine the opportunity for that beautiful island to be developed? If we could get rid of the Marxists and the communists and let that country be free and let those people be free and reunite families. This would just be so incredible. And if you haven't been seeing it in the news, it is really a big deal right now. As of today, these uh, protests are growing. Uh, apparently they're having a lot of problems there with COVID. Um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, problems with, with COVID as well as financially related problems. They're in like their worst economic shape that they've been in many years. So maybe the, the time is right. The time is right for a Cuban revolution and maybe democracy comes to our neighbor to the South in Cuba. This story I also find very interesting. Uh, Trump is suing Twitter and Facebook. I love seeing this. And obviously there's going to have to be some kind of new legal ground that is broken here because here's the problem when you sign up to use twitter or facebook basically you agree to all these terms and conditions which essentially say that they can just kick you off for any reason at any time now that being said contract law and i'm not an attorney but contract law still has to operate within the general concept of the overall law in other words, you can't have a contract with someone to kill someone. That's that's an illegal act, so the contract would not be legal. So there would have to be some kind of an argument made that these terms of service, these contracts are not legal, and maybe that argument is based on uh, perhaps discrimination. So they have a set of terms uh, that everybody must follow, but they only enforce them against let's say conservatives or Christians or Republicans, this sort of thing. Not sure if that's the winning argument. Uh, maybe the winning argument is antitrust that these companies have gotten so large uh, that somebody needs to uh, break them up. The government needs to break them up. Maybe the argument is that they have this special exemption 
where they're not treated as a publisher, so they're not liable for what's on their site. They've got this special exemption in the law. Maybe the way to go after them is is through that. Maybe that's how they're going to do it. But you've got to believe that uh, Trump has probably got some high-powered lawyers to go after them. But, you know, at some point, this has got to end. It, it has got to end, this idea. Uh, I mean, if you're going to have these policies, fine. But to enforce them only against conservatives, I mean, it couldn't be any plainer what is happening. These very woke, very left-wing social media companies are only censoring and applying these policies to conservatives. And there's got to be some way uh, to create a legal argument uh, to be able to win on that. And I think Trump uh, can certainly show damages, uh, you know, in terms of of what they did, uh, cutting him off uh, there several months ago. And now he's banned for two years. It all seems so arbitrary. Right. And then you've got people on the left. uh, I mean, all kinds of horrible, threatening things that are posted and nothing is done. And this is the problem that people have is when there is a double standard. That is the problem is when there's a double standard. You know, when you've got the Hunter Biden's running free and no one is concerned about everything that he has done. And then you've got the Trump organization being criminally charged. This is the making of a banana republic, a third world nation, when you have unequal application of the law. And that is exactly what's happening with these social media companies. I'm still confused, honestly, why there's not a slew of alternative social media companies. And I, I keep talking about Mike Lindell's site. I haven't checked it in the last week or two, but it was supposed to be, as he described it, a combination of between Twitter and YouTube. And that sounded great to me. And it's a terrific looking site, but all I've seen, uh, you know, I haven't checked it in the last week or so, but it's just his content and some other content that he's putting on there. There's no way for an out, you know, for me to post to it or for you to post to it. So I don't really know. Uh, you know, I, I am on rumble and now we've been posting all the videos on rumble, uh, every week as, as we produce the show, um, looking to, uh, pay a little bit of money to be able to go live on rumble. So there's sort of a way to do that. And I'm looking into that as well, but there's just not very many alternatives. So I'm glad to see the lawsuit. It might be in court for a year or two. Who knows? Uh, and maybe they're going to use this new Florida law that, uh, DeSantis, uh, passed, uh, about social media. And maybe that's something more of us should look into that live here in Florida, how we could use that law to maybe go after these social media companies. Okay. Uh, one more story before we get to tonight's sponsor. I, I thought this was fascinating. Uh, according to experts, you are five times more likely to be killed by a selfie than by a shark. No kidding. There are more and more of these stories of people taking selfies and falling over cliffs and having the most horrible accidents taking selfies. And I have to admit, I'm one of those people. I I am terrible uh, about this. I, you know, as soon as I, you know, get on to the top of a, you know, I'm I'm on the roof of a tall building or I'm on a cliff, uh, you know, out, uh, 
in a rural area, I want to get that selfie with, you know, let me just get in this right possible, you know, let me get the lighting right and, and stand in the right spot. Oh, maybe I could just get another step or two closer. Uh, <laughs> and maybe my wife and uh, daughters are watching tonight because I know they're doing a lot of exploring up there in the Northeast and some of these national and state parks. Uh, be careful. Uh, because <laughs> you're five times more likely to be killed by a selfie than a shark, according to experts. All right, tonight's sponsor, keeping us commercial free, is internetpaycheckforlife.com. Now, I have to tell you, I just put up two new videos on Friday, and I was going through uh, all of the videos uh, since I've had this course going for over a year now. And man, there is so much in there for anybody that wants to learn how to start making money immediately uh, with an online business. And it's all there for you. I'm personally your teacher, your guide throughout the whole process. And to make sure that everybody gets a fair chance to really look at this, I now have four free videos there for you. So you can go check it out for free. In addition to the four free videos, I even have a $17 sort of intro option for you to get even more information to see if it's for you or not. It's absolutely incredible. If you're looking for a part-time income or an income you can grow to replace your full-time income, a portable income is really the way to go. And that's what you have when you have an internet-based business. Check out tonight's sponsor, internetpaycheckforlife.com. Go get your four free videos tonight over at internetpaycheckforlife.com. And then this story just in Tic Tac, uh, Tic Tac, <laughs> Tic Tac. Just, you know, I'm old. Okay. I'm 56. Uh, I, I don't, I'm, some of this is not, is not really clicking with me. I'll be honest with you. I do have a TikTok account and I I've used it. I just, I don't understand it. I, I don't understand it. I, I mentioned this to one of my friends and uh, she said, what? It's just a short video. That's all it is. But it's not really that because you got to like choose music to go with it. And there's all these other special effects you can do. I, I don't know. Just announced today they are banning cryptocurrency and financial services from their platform. Now, it's well known. Of course, uh, this is a company based in China. And uh, probably largely influenced by the, the communist uh, government there. And, uh, and they're not happy these days with cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. The, the thing you've got to realize, and I know not everybody that listens and watches this show is into cryptocurrency. And I get that. But, but if you really understand what cryptocurrency is, which is a private form of money that takes money away from the government... It truly is, I mean, maybe I'm exaggerating, but I believe it is truly the greatest means of freedom for the average person. That is to take away money from the government and let money be created in the private sector. It, to me, it is the greatest uh, freedom, maybe second to freedom of speech and freedom of religion, the idea of taking money away from the government. Uh, you know, the government controls so much by controlling our money and, and to, to give the freedom of money back to the people. And this is exactly what communists like in China are afraid of because the ultimate freedom is something like Bitcoin, 
where they can't take it away from you. You can have that money in an account where they can't stop you from, ha you know, they can't punish you with their social uh, credit system that they have. Uh, it, it's the ultimate in freedom, cryptocurrency, and that's why they're against it. And I, I'm excited to see, I talked about this two weeks ago, but uh, in South America, the small country that is very impoverished of El Salvador, El Salvador is adopting Bitcoin as legal currency. It's actually such a big deal that some of the Wall Street firms are saying that this is going to create such a demand for Bitcoin that it may create a problem with the the networks of processing Bitcoin transactions, which, you know, to hear that news is actually really exciting to, to hear that uh, that this has happened. Some of the South American countries have done what is called dollarizing their economy. That is, they use the U.S. dollar as their currency. This is the case in Ecuador, where I was uh, three years ago. Uh, they actually use the U.S. dollar as their currency. That is because in their own country, they have incredible inflation. Their currencies became worthless in some of these countries. So they went to the U.S. dollar. So this is an interesting move by El Salvador, which is one of the poorest countries in South America, to actually adopt Bitcoin as legal tender in their country. So it's exciting to see this. It's exciting to see cryptocurrency get legitimized like this. And uh, today we're seeing a little bit of a bump in the price of uh, Bitcoin uh, flirting with 35000 again, which is good to see after uh, recent lows uh, as low as in the uh, you know 30000 even as, as low as below 30000 in recent weeks. Okay, Richard Branson was in space today for one minute. And I don't really know what to make of this. Uh, I know it got a lot of buzz online. Uh, I like Richard Branson. He's a very uh, kind of bombastic uh, billionaire. Uh, he's fun. He's a fun guy to watch on 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 TV. Certainly has has made his money. I just don't know what to make of this though. Is this as big of a deal as everyone is making? Uh, and then, of course, we've got Jeff Bezos is going into space here shortly. Apparently, he and his brother are going to be on some spacecraft. But these are not people going to the moon. These are not people really going into legitimate space where they're up there, you know, in real outer space. They're barely getting into space. And in this case, Richard Branson was in space for one minute. Now, you know, if you're an engineer watching, if you're somebody that's an enthusiast uh, about space, forgive me. I just don't really get the significance of this. I mean, maybe from a research and development standpoint, by all of these private companies getting involved with space, each company's bringing something new to the table, some improvement of technology that we can use in our, you know, space program. I love space. I love going to the Kennedy Space Center, one of my favorite things to do. I've been to several uh, shuttle launches right there at the Kennedy Space Center. I've watched the shuttle launch from the beach here, from my backyard here. I love everything about space. I don't know. I'm just not, I'm not getting it. Like why this glider thing that he had went into, and he was in space for a minute and they unstrapped and floated around. I don't know. I, maybe there's good to see private companies doing this kind of thing. Um, not really sure that we're all going to be, you know, maybe I don't think in my lifetime I'm going to be George Jetson. 
I don't see myself getting into my own little spacecraft and flying into the stars with my dog Astro. I, <laughs> I'm just not seeing that, but you know, maybe there's something here I'm missing. Uh, okay. Uh, we'll close it out with this virtual reality, virtual reality. So what was it about four years ago? I was at a Best Buy down in Daytona Beach. And I took a look at uh, a virtual reality system they had there. And it was going to be like two or three thousand uh, dollars. But I thought, you know what? It's strapped on the goggles and turn the thing on and put me on some rock climbing game or something. And I, I he literally had to come behind me and stop me from falling over. Because that's how I fell off this virtual cliff I was climbing. And I literally almost fell over in the store. And the guy had to, you know, prop me up. The price of this has come down so much. Uh, Quest 2. And uh, I plugged it in, charged it up, got it going today. And I'm telling you, it is unreal. So the first thing I did was I clicked on this game or experience whatever it's called how to lose your fear of heights because i am very afraid of heights despite what i said earlier about standing near cliffs and taking selfies that's still the same guy i'm i'm really terrified of heights i i have been my whole life so i put on the goggles and i click on this game you know you're afraid of heights it's gonna help you cure this so all of a sudden and it literally looks like you're there. I'm like on the top of a skyscraper. I think I'm in New York City. And it's like nothing but beams. It's like an under construction skyscraper. And I'm on the top of it walking across this beam. And I literally felt like I was going to throw up. I mean, it is that real. Uh, and man, it's it's just really cool stuff. And when you look at it, it's not just about playing games, but there's all kinds of things you could do. You can watch movies. You can meet other people virtually. Uh, there's games, of course. There's travel experiences where you can, uh, you know, go to Peru and climb the, uh, the the pyramids. I mean, all these things that you can do virtually uh, with a $300 uh, headset. So I'm curious, throwing this out there to our audience uh, I'm 56 years old and I'm doing this virtual thing. And I think it's pretty fun it's doing the virtual reality thing. Um, I, I'm really enjoying it. I'd love to hear from you if you're doing it and what apps and experiences and games that you most enjoy. And who knows, there's there's apparently some way, and I was reading about this today, that I could actually hold like an event with this headset. Like a bunch of us could get together <laughs> we could have like a seminar or something, or we could go like uh, walk across a beam together <laughs> on an under construction building in New York City virtually. We can do something or we can go to Everest together. I mean, who knows? Who knows what this is going to be? But uh, I'm probably more enthusiastic about this than the idea of uh, Richard Branson being in space for one minute. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in one minute. We'll refire the open. And our special guest, Chicago attorney Jeremy Ramsey, is here. This will be interesting. Don't miss it. Stand by. We'll be right back.